Mikel Arteta, thank you for that one thing you did early on, but it's time to go. Give up, man. I, I, I'm I'm full on Sutton at this point, and and you know, call me a placky after 32 years. Uh, call me plastic. Call me, you know, fat. Call me whatever you want. But uh, you know, at least th- there's one team on the rise, and there's one team, and, and they shall meet. <laughs> they shall meet in League One in a couple of years, I think. Jared. Unfortunately, it, it looks like we're not far off of that. It's been pretty shambolic for the first three weeks. I mean, literally, and and you know. After one week, this can happen. You you know you have a bad game, tough opponent, whatever. But after you know after two weeks, even but literally, and 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 apparently Norwich is losing, so they're saving our ass right now. But literally, bottom of the table uh, at mm-hmm. the end of our game. No, there, there, yeah. There's no twenty one. There's no twenty one team anymore. <laughs> there will there's be twenty four teams in this, in this division. Yeah. Uh, we're bottom, and deservedly so. And I know we look at the schedule and say, you know, Chelsea and Man City are tough, but it's not about the opponents as much as we haven't looked like a good loss to a good team. We've looked like a team that should be sat bottom of the table. I mean, I have on in the background here, Brighton and Everton, and watching the first 30 minutes, both of these teams handle us with ease right now. And I don't even think it's close. And, and, you know, look, when a team such as an Arsenal – are missing four of our best players. And I mean, let's say, you know, Gabriel, Ben White, Partey, Pepe, if healthy, would have been out there on the pitch today. Mm-hmm. Um, we should still, you know, suffering from the, those major losses on the pitch, we should still be as strong as a mid-table team, as a Newcastle, a Brighton, a Watford, like you were talking about. But, you know, Man City's capable of, you know, of a four or five goal win over a Premier League team on a, on a number of occasions in a season. But, those teams don't roll over and get fucked in the ass as willingly as the squad did today. I mean, they just don't. We looked like this looked like a League Cup game where they were really going for it, and we were Sheffield Wednesday or, or Northampton Town or something. Yeah, it looked a lot like the midweek game where we were playing a you know basically twenty three and under West Brom team. Like there was that big of a gap in in the talent level. But I think even this game wasn't even all the talent level as much as it was the effort level. There's just no intensity when you watch Arsenal play. Like the first five, six minutes when everybody said, oh, we came out strong. When a Man City player got the ball to their feet, there was immediately an Arsenal player on them, pushing them back and making an effort. And as soon as they scored one goal, just nothing. It was like they just turned the switch off and just 
did nothing. Every time a Man City player had the ball, they could turn, survey everything under no pressure and do whatever they wanted. And, you know, that's the kind of result you're going to get when you approach a game like that. And I think if we don't make some major changes, it's not going to be the last time we see it this year for sure. No, not at all. Um, look, this is the open mic show. We're going to start with uh, with folks that are uh, that are in the in the red room, ready to talk to us. Um, you can go to gooner GoonerOpenMic.com dot com and join us uh, if you would like. If if for some reason you want to talk about the game today, look, you can talk about whatever you want. You can talk about beer. You can talk about what you did last week. This is an open mic show. Um, we don't force the conversation to be about Arsenal, especially at a time like this. So. Uh, we do have some comments in here, though. Avs Fan TV. Uh, this could be one of a, of a handful of different people, but uh, uh, by far the best point of the morning is the picture of Magic doing some serious water skiing. That is not water skiing. I am riding a dolphin, uh, my friends. So, you know, don't uh, – water skiing is for chumps. Riding dolphins, when you roll like like Magic Tragic Mike, uh, dolphins are your primary mode of transportation. So – Oh man! All right, so let's uh, let's get started. We're gonna we're gonna go with uh, Stephen. You got to center yourself on camera. We're gonna start with Dean first. Uh, Dean, welcome back to the Gooners Podcast. How's it going, guys? Wish, wish it was morning, under different Dean. circumstances, but uh, how was your lovely morning? Well, it, you know, aside from the game, it's pretty shit too. So, oh good. <laughs> I woke up, found out the game was on Peacock, uh, which I was like, "Oh, well, that's great." Uh, the coffee I was going to do was frozen. I was like, "This is awesome." And then by the time I got up to the uh, game and got on stream, is already one nothing. So, you know, all around, all around, kind of shit day. But you know, I, I mean, I look, at least you're not in New Orleans right now. I mean, our, our exactly, friends down in New Orleans uh, are literally leaving town during the Arsenal game. Uh, I mean, they, they actually, they're having the better day yeah. in the sense that they probably didn't have to watch that game. No, but all, all things considered, we really are thinking of uh, Absolutely. Arsenal down in New Orleans. Sure. They're, they're about to get hit with yet another awful, awful storm. Yeah. Um, so, and we have a lot of friends down there, so we're really thinking about you guys today. But back to the back to the misery that the rest of us are dealing with. Yeah, so I've been pretty, you know, trust the process. I've been saying for a while now, even before the quotes came out last week, where it's been, you know, they finally said that this is a long-term process. We're looking, you know, at a multi-year rebuild probably, which is what the the summer window had been, um, you know, showing anyway, that this was going to be a long-term thing. But even I feel hoodwinked and bamboozled after this game. This was just, you know, it was in-depth. At, at the, the finest. So, um, you know, I, I'll give them one more. I'll give them Norwich. But if this, if it looks like today or if it looks like Brentford next week, it gets probably our, our pr- pretty closely league rivals at this point, Norwich. <laughs> I mean, it's know. a massive six-pointer. I mean, that, that game pretty much seals yeah. relegation for one of the two teams at this point. That's that's where we're battling right now. It's, it's you know, we're at that point, and it's, it's sad that it's this point. Yeah, I mean that 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 says it all. So, what would you? I mean, uh, look, we are missing players. That yeah. is not to excuse the result. Uh, it's not even to excuse the choices of the players that started the pitch, started the game on the pitch. So, you know that that's really where I want to go with you, uh, Dean. Real quick, it's like you know those guys aren't available. So, who would you have started? And and it's easy to say in hindsight once we know who had a bad game, which was everyone. Uh, but like you know. Arteta made the choice yeah. to go with the 11 on the pitch that he had. Does seem as though he changed the formation around 
but with personnel that you might not have thought would be your first choice. So, you know, when you woke up and saw that lineup, other than we're going to lose 5-0, what were you thinking? <laughs> well, it was really early for me. So um, I think 6.30, kind of like Jared. And I just sat there and looked at it, and I was trying to figure it out for a while. Um, I, I I saw Tierney up high. I saw Kalasimich on the field, which, you know, it, it didn't make sense. But, you know, I, I know some – have been wanting to, to switch up formation. And, and again, with the personnel we have, you kind of have to. I probably still would have played Sambi instead of Xhaka. Um, you know, we don't have a lot of options, which is which is a problem. Um, but I don't even know if it's the the personnel at this point. They just – it's the players. This is almost Emory levels uh, of the end where the, the dressing room just gives up. And I think we're – we're close to that with with Mikel, and again, I don't know how I got to this point. I think part of it could be it's some of the same core group of of players in the locker room, um, with the Shakas and and Abumings, people like that. So I, I don't know if they've just turned on him like they did Emory, but it's Jared. How do we how do we get here? Because I mean, I I've been saying for months that you know the one thing that that Arteta has in his favor is that there seems to be a clear alignment of the future of our team. Saka Smith Rowe. Tierney, uh, that that core that you see still being hopefully on our on our team in three or four years, seem to be aligned behind Mikel Arteta. That I mean, that can't still be the case when this team is coming out and playing like this. Like like maybe they want to be, be able to play his game, but they're just there's a disconnect between what Arteta's trying to do and the players' understanding of that and their willingness and ability to carry it out. And at some point, the square peg into the round hole thing ends up not being, you know, sexy at all, like it sounds. And it starts just, you know, making players be like, what are we doing? I mean, Odegaard looked like he had just made the worst mistake of his life after the game. <laughs> yeah, there there really is. I think the, the key word there is there's a disconnect. Because I think the one thing Arteta, like you said, had going for him is all of our, you know, the young guys really speak highly of him and view him in a positive light. And that, I think, has kind of saved him a little bit in the fans' eyes that, you know, the likes of Tierney, Saka, Smithrow all, all love him as a manager. But, you know, like him or not, something's got to be – There's there has to be a major change. And I said, you know, going back to last year, I said Arteta's not going anywhere at Christmas. He's not going anywhere this summer. I said he'll probably be the manager on Boxing Day this, this season. And I really haven't Do seen anything work? to make me think that's not the case. And it has nothing to do with the quality of play. It has to do with, I think – on a personal level, which this probably shouldn't matter, but I think it does. I think at the high level of the ownership, I think Arteta is just liked as a person. I think they like Mikel Arteta, and I think it's going to take a tremendous... I mean, we'd have to lose maybe two or three more in a row before I think they'd consider sacking him before around Christmas this year. Not that I think that's the right decision. I'm just telling you what I think is likely to happen, and I don't think he's going anywhere. And I think part of that is all the young guys on long contracts tend to like him and say they're happy with him. So, you know, a push from Kalazanach to get him out, who cares? They're going to, you know, he's not a player we plan on having. It's not going to make any difference unless there was a push from some of those younger guys or a Tierney or a Saka Smith Rowe. I don't, I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon, much to the dismay of me, you, Dean, probably everybody in the chat. I think we'd be hard pressed to find anybody that wants him to stay beyond international break, but I think it's almost a, a virtual certainty that he'll be here for Norwich. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think you could find people who still feel that he should be there, and and you know, look, I 
I, I, I'm tipping over. My I've got one and a half feet over the over the cliff. I'm right where I basically was, but for a different reason than mm-hmm. that I was on Christmas Day last year, the day before Boxing Day, which is what I refer to Christmas as the day before Boxing Day. Um, and uh, yeah, and 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 now we go into a two week period of time where all of the international players that we do have get to go with their successful international teammates and find out what it's like to win, um, which doesn't bode well. So Dean, any, any last words we're going to, and, and, uh, and we'll put you back in the red room. If, I mean, if you feel like sticking around and we, we come back around the other side, uh, you know, we will bring you back on, but that's up to you. Any, any last words before we go over to Steven? No. So, you know, just, we have what, a couple more days left of the transfer window, and we, we have to have some more movement, right? So, uh, you know, we have a couple guys who still have to get out, maybe one more in. Defense is still in shambles. I'm not even convinced whenever we do get Gabriel and Ben White back because I don't even know if they've trained together yet. Um, so I, I think it's still some some tough sledding ahead of us. So, you know, we'll see where it goes. But I, I'll probably stick around for a while, and I appreciate you guys. Hey, man. Good to see you, Dean. And, Thanks, uh, Dean. And- and, and in positive news, I am hearing that Norwich have a penalty, um, and uh, and if they score, well, no, if they score that, then they're then they're level. So yeah, we will be twentieth again. So yep. So uh, so yeah, we're twentieth again, guys. Um, all right, we're gonna go to uh, to someone who hasn't been on the open mic pod, but but someone who's been extremely helpful with Gunners versus Cancer. Someone who I uh, was fortunate enough to see in Orlando. And, uh, and and it seems as though there's a message he wants to share with us. Welcome to the Open Mic Podcast, <laughs> Stephen. Uh, we don't have Mike Hernandez on the pod, but we do have Stephen Hernandez <laughs> on the pod to make up for it. We have to have at least one at all times. Um, morning, Stephen. Stephen uh, morning, you guys. Your clothes folding done? You know, that's how enthusiastic I am right now is that I came home and did fucking laundry, you know? I mean... <laughs> This this is just abysmal. This has got to be probably one of the worst starts to a season we've ever had, huh? I mean, well, it, not, it, it not, is literally. I believe it is. It, it, it is. Okay, so it's officially. So this this man right here, you know, you know, you come into your room, you look at all your stuff, you have all these great memories, and you know, you 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 come in, and you count your fucking bibs, and you're like, oh, I'm so excited. So they're gonna release another four jerseys for us to distract us. From yes. This oh, that tra- that training gear to, that <laughs> drops tomorrow is gonna be fire. <laughs> So, so, you know, I'm sure just like you guys, we have a lot of different group texts and uh, I mean, just the, the piss and vinegar, the, the, it's just, it's unreal. And one of my uh, Indian gooners, we have a, a fairly large Indian contingent here in Houston and we have a group text with those guys. And one of my buddies, Silver, one of the best message I saw today, cracked me up. He said, can we do the reverse invincibles and be the vincibles this season? Right. Oh yeah, Vince. Vince. I, I think I tweeted one time when we were on a on a particularly bad run of, of form last year. You know, Vincible AF. Like like that's our new motto. It's none of this. You know, Victoria Concordia Crescent stuff. Vincible AF. Uh, you're you're getting uh, you're getting a lot of people who want you to burn that Arteta scarf live on air. Which, ironically, if it works out as well as the dude yesterday that burned his Ronaldo jersey. I, you will be the new cult hero of Arsenal fans everywhere. If you burn an Arteta scarf and then he goes off and rattles forty nine undefeated in a row, uh, dude, you will be sitting. You, you will have a statue made of you outside the. Uh, I don't uh, want that notoriety. You, you, this is rare for me. I don't. I don't like being in the front and center. I, I'd rather be behind the scenes usually. But we've been talking about coming on, and um, you know, shout out to you guys again. I mean, 
everybody, if you still can donate for uh, Gooners versus Cancer, get out there and throw a couple of, you know, anything you got helps. We're almost to that goal. Where are, we, where are you at now? We are literally, I don't know if we passed it this morning or not, but we are a couple dollars short of $15,000 when I woke up this morning uh, on our way to hopefully 25,000 with, and, and we'll talk about that in a bit, but I just, for everyone who doesn't know, uh, Stephen has, has, you know, is one of the folks much like Jared, much like Owen and, and a handful of other people who have, you know, Mike Hernandez as well, who've come to me and said, what can I do? How can I help? And it's, it's a godsend because, you know, it, it, it does. And I know we're, we're switching gears a little bit, but it's because it, it's the one positive thing going on in our civil yeah. world right now. Um, you know, it's a lot of work to do a lot of the stuff that, that, that we do under Gunners versus Cancer. And I've never been good at delegating. So when people come to me and start grabbing things and saying, here's what I'll do, I'll do Instagram, I'll donate, you know, a lot of money and then help you, you know, while we're in Orlando and spread the word in, in, uh, in Houston, it means the world to me. So, uh, so when I, I was excited village. when I saw you come in here, cause, cause uh, top, top man. And, and, uh, and like you started off your, your segment with Gooner till I die. And, and despite the fact that I'm wearing another team's kit right now as a piss take, uh, not complete piss take, but you know, I, we're all Arsenal till we die, and that's. What's I mean, so it's hard, not but... Arsenal till you die. It's you know, or not Gunner till you die. It's Gunner until Arsenal kills you. Exactly. Yeah, I was, <laughs> yeah. you you might have heard this, but I was telling Jared before the show, like you know, my I'm not in the best physical shape. Maybe I don't know if anyone's noticed that. Um, and you know, my family's always like, you know, you got to do something. You got to go on a diet. You got to you know, please start taking care of yourself. We want you around. And I'm like. That's all well and good, but as long as Arsenal is shit like this, I, I mean, what point is there? <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know, that's I mean, an early, early heart attack stroke. I mean, you know, midweek was great. I mean, you know, we get some positive stuff, but again, we're playing a team that's got six debutants, and at least we know after that match we'll only be relegated for one season, right? I mean, you know, we'll oh. just pop right back up, right? Well, I mean, as long as the teams in the championship start their B teams against us every week, then we can win. Um, are we, they I mean, basically are we just, made us look like we made West Brom look in midweek, right? I mean, it was just – it was inevitable. But from mm -hmm. the start of the season, looking at the schedule, I mean, I think everybody kind of felt the same where, you know, the season starts in week four. Yeah, if we can pull something off against Brentford, but, I mean, you know, that, that whole game – Pull something off being, against Brentford. I mean, everyone yeah, I mean, was basically being, like three or four points, to, you know, out of – before the international break isn't great, but it'll do. Um, right. We're at zero and looking like absolute chumps in in doing that too. We didn't look this bad when we started off the season with two losses under under Unai Emery. And I'm not I'm not comparing and contrasting coaches. I'm just oh, no no no. Eight two six nil six one four nil. I mean, let's not act like still we didn't top four. Still top. Still in the top half. I mean, well, okay, like, fine, know, fine. It's, but, but it's you know what what is there else to be said right now other than just trying to trying to at least get a goal in the prem and just keep moving forward i mean there's nothing else we can do at this point other than just keep taking it and um they're making it difficult for us i mean you know if 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 things keep going the way they're going i mean it's just what what coach replaces arteta right who wants this fucking job no i mean well That's clearly Clearly, Conte and 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 Cruyff. Conte's and, not coming. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure they they all want this job because you know it's such a great job. It's the Arsenal. No, no one's coming. <laughs> so that's, that's yeah, a stuck between a rock death. and a hard place, right? I mean, yeah, I don't think it's like anyone Jared said. I mean, go ahead. Yeah, oh, no, go, go ahead. Anyone? I was going to say it's like you said. I mean, if we get to 
you know, come come Boxing Day, I mean, at at best we'll be twelfth, thirteenth, maybe. You know, I, I mean, I I just have little to no hope at this point, other than just you know being a, a glass half full kind of person. It's it's tough not to have that optimism about your team, but it's uh, they're making it very difficult. But um, you know, I don't want to take up too much more time. But uh, we do have the Gooner Roundup in Houston, November the fifth to the seventh. Uh, you know, we're monitoring all the COVID stuff, and we've been uh, looking at blocking hotel rooms. So we'll have some more Texas, details Texas that does, soon. Texas doesn't give a shit about any of that stuff. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, but but that's so, that that's good. And and you know, I, I I keep preaching that the worse things get for Arsenal, the more you need to actually go and visit and hang out with other Arsenal supporters. Yes, like it, it's like there's there's an inverse thing. It's fun winning with friends. But the only way to handle losing is with friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. go to the pub, watch the games together. Gallo's humor in a group is is better than, than you know, than – I think Gallo's humor in a group is better than being upset by yourself or, or even being a little happy by yourself. Like, <laughs> I enjoyed that 6-0 game the other day, sitting in my office and watching it by myself. But there have been some moments where we've really had to just bend over and take it for an arsenal, but I've been surrounded by – a bunch of different people trying to make each other laugh and talking about Arsenal where I end up feeling, you know, high, more high about the the club and stuff after that than I did after just sitting and watching a, you know, a six nil win in a meaningless league cup game. Well, not meaningless, but in a easy league cup game. So going to round up, tell us, tell us what that is exactly. I mean, I know what so, it is. But. Um, yeah, for the last few years, uh, all the clubs in Texas have been rotating a um, an event similar to, say, you know, not quite at that scale. But um, so between us and Austin and Dallas and San Antonio and El Paso, Poncho, if you're watching, you're, you're, you're next year, not this year, next year, next year. Um, so Poncho doesn't ever that, know. Do people tell him where to show up. <laughs> they just put, no, they, they put a beer on a table and he, and he comes. <laughs> How do you catch a Poncho? You, you know, you, you use a Heineken, right? You put a little trap with a stick and a box. And... <laughs> you just you put a Heineken um, at the end of the... Man, so, so, yeah, but, if you haven't been so to one of these we things... we get together, all the Texans, and then, we, you know, there's folks from around that come, you know, from all parts. So we're looking forward for a decent turnout. Hopefully this COVID shit will kind of relax. But, uh, you know, like we said, it's all about getting together. We'll be doing some, you know, cancer funding. Um, I don't know what other kind of charity stuff we'll be doing, but there'll be raffles and... Um, you know, obviously, you know, Mike, if you could make it, we'd love to have you, but I think maybe you're going to be in o- across the pond, huh? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be on the tail end of, of my trip to London and then heading back to Missouri to, to visit my daughter straight from there. So, uh, so I won't be able to make it this year, but I was there a couple of years ago in Dallas and it was a great time. Yeah. Uh, Steven, thank you again for all your help. Uh, thanks for your positivity. And, you know, we, we're not giving up, but that doesn't mean we have to like it. And that's no. kind of the situation we're in at this point. So. We got to make our voices heard and, you know, let them know. But I mean, clearly, you know, that whole conversation is, you know, it's, it's, it's getting stale, right? I mean, talking about ownership and things changing, but, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully we can climb out of this hole and they don't kill us first. So God bless. All right. Come on. Take care. Take care, buddy. Appreciate it. So let's, let's start with some, uh, some quote. Well, do we want to get to Arteta quotes, or do we want to talk about Granit Xhaka next? Because we're we're going to bring on uh, we're going to bring on Aston. <laughs> let you know what I love Aston. Let's let him decide which one he wants to jump into. All right, Aston. Hey guys, Granit Xhaka, yes. Arteta quotes, or 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 are we gonna do we do we talk about Aaron Ramsey again? 
I mean, I've talked about Granite Jaka a lot, so we can always talk about Arteta quotes. I don't know, dudes. I, whatever you guys want to do. So, so here, so here are the uh, here's post game quotes, and there's three people that gave post game quotes: Arteta, Guardiola, and shockingly, after a loss, Abamia. Uh Really, really surprised, as a matter of fact, because um, it's been the knock on him that he only speaks after wins. So. So uh, Pep Guardiola, he's beyond a good manager. We were sad when he left. Sometimes, I mean, he was barely holding his laughter while he said this. Sometimes people expected results immediately. The squad he played today, they had six, seven, or eight injured. Important players like Ben White, Thomas Partey. If they trust him, they'll do a good job at Arsenal. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, when you face the champions of Europe and the champions of England, it's not easy. I don't have any doubts. He is so strong. He will recover. He will analyze, and I'm sure he will be back on track. We kind of knew Pep was not going to bury. Uh, I mean, that was a simp- those are some sympathy quotes, and I'm sure he actually thinks that, but it's not incumbent on him to know how bad things are going on Arsenal, is it? I mean, I don't think really, like, you know, Pep and Arteta are buddies. You're not really going to get anything controversial out in the news. I actually think that Pep honestly does believe in Arteta, I do think that he really, really respects his opinion. I do think he's actually sincere. Pep doesn't strike me as the type of guy that makes up sincerity. Like, if he doesn't like you, he just doesn't talk about you, and he talks about Arteta a lot. So, um, But who cares? Like, who cares? Yeah, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, if if we were Tottenham, we'd be, we'd be making fun of them for having the Pep loves your coach trophy. Yeah. Uh, and that, that gets us absolutely nothing. So... Uh, like Matthew says in the chat, pity quotes, uh, and, and it's easy to it's easy to pity us right now. And and you know, for those of us, all of us on the on in the studio right now that we're watching here in the states, the constant theme, both from the commentators and the studio, was just shame and sor- and, and pity for Arsenal fans and just incredulousness on what's going on. I mean, like you don't hear that about any other club, but the I mean, the mighty has fallen. Mm-hmm. fallen beyond the belief of most people who are educated and, and in tune to, to football. Uh, and it, it's just embarrassing that they're talking in terms of pity and sorrow and shame. And I, I mean, I mean, you, you say that, but I do kind of want to throw out there, like, here's what's going on, right? Like, my my head knows what's going on, understands what's going on, sees what's going on, but but my heart obviously is going to react to what to everything that we're seeing. It's kind of like having um having a kid that's really 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 shit at sports play play sports, and you're watching your child, and you know that he's bad. You know he's awful. You know how this is going to go. But you're yelling at the coach. You're saying the other team's cheating, and you know what's happening. I don't know what that's like, actually. <laughs> well, yeah, you only you only raise champions, so um, <laughs> the coaches don't appreciate their capabilities. But but uh, listen, listen, Robin Van Persie had the same issue, buddy. Um, what's so, the only but, issue? Yeah, we have? That, but that's what's going on. It's like I understand what I'm seeing. I'm seeing the same team go out year again. I'm seeing the same the same players that we saw from last season. I'm seeing the same Klasinak and Jaka, and he gets another red. I, I've seen it all before. I, I understand what's happening. It's going to take some time. It, it, listen, if we wanted you know immediate results, we needed to spend five hundred million dollars. Did we do that? No, 
okay, this is what we got. You know what I mean? And this is what we got in our chat room, right? <laughs> I'm only here for Lucy. That's uh, I'll, 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 I'll see if she wants to come on, but uh, it, it is going to seem a little bit desperate and beggy of me uh, to personally invite people on, on to the, uh, onto the show. But uh, Jared, you, you, uh, you were about to say something. Yeah. When you said, you know, you, when you watch the TV coverage and it's, they basically are saying all the same things we're saying. And I think a lot of the time we're always critical of the TV coverage. It can be anti-Arsenal or, you know, kind of slanted against us. But the fact is we're to the point now that they're not wrong when they say that the team's in shambles, we're in crisis mode. You know, when you go three games in, you have zero wins, zero points, zero goals. I mean, it's hard to find a positive there. Uh, the only silver lining is, you know, we play Norwich coming out of the international break. But, you know, at this point, that's not a, a rollover win like we would think it should be for, you know, quote unquote, big teams. But we're in shambles and they're not wrong. And I, it's really disappointing that I'm not sure we're going to see any major changes between now and then when I think it's definitely something that's necessary. I mean, we'll ask Aston. I know we, we talked about it right before you came on. What are your thoughts on Arteta? Do you think he's safe in his job? Do you think he's going to be here for a bit? Where, where do you think he falls? I mean, it, it's one of those, like, does it really matter kind of situations? Because if Arteta goes and we go get Eddie Howe, we just cement our slip into mediocrity forever. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I are agree. we going to get Steve, uh, uh, Steve Bruce to save our season? Like, what, what, what do we expect? What, what do we expect? for a rebuild if we if we swap out Arteta it's not even I'm not even interested in that I'm not even what I'm not interested in either is we agree something needs to change but are we going to get any players in from from now to the transfer window probably not so it's well, like would, and would you would you spend more money on players for this coach and then and then the next coach comes in and says okay well I'm I'm going with senior players now I mean like like I have rarely seen something that is so broken and I'm not, I'm just talking in sports. I mean, like, like I've sat on wooden birdhouses that were less broken afterwards than this team. <laughs> well, well, you got to look at it this way too. You got to remember. I have no idea what that means, but I think it's like Socrates, Lichsteiner, Gwenduzi, Ozil, um, Kalajanac. I mean, it, uh, like we have like a list of like just terrible transfers that we've got nothing out of. No, no bump in performance. No, no team leadership's got nothing. Absolutely black holes of deals that we're just making up for. And it's just like I, I get it. Like well, while while the team's getting rid of the rot, we're we're not going to be good. We're just we're just not until unless we're willing to make the investment, whether it be get a Conte in and then bang it, um, put up the budget that he's going to look for, put up the players he's going to look for or get get some other high end coach that it's not going to we're not going to make the investment. We've made the investment we're going to make for the year. And so it literally like, seems like the only savior to this thing in the next couple of years is luck. Luck yeah. with luck with health, luck with results, luck with I mean because because you just keep changing things around and you 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 know you move this over there and it just nothing works, nothing even comes close to working. Let, and, let me say let me say it this way though. Let me say it this way, and and and, and this is one thing we can be like kind of okay about. Gabrielle looked great last year, right? 
Mm -hmm. um, this times. year, Tavares, right? Tierney got injured literally in the first game. We needed Tavares, right? We, we've actually, so we've seen Lakonga. Lakonga actually looks like a better player than we all of us expected. So, and then Ben White, I actually think he's looked class. We're actually begging for him to be on the pitch right now. So at least I can say something's happening. I, with the I don't doubt that the right things are being done. I, I think the things that are being done over the last three months are better than the things that were being done in the three yeah. months before that and the three months that were before that. But the results and the, the way that things are like, despite doing what seemed to be the right things, we get worse and worse and worse. And that's, I think, where my tipping point is with leadership. And, you know, leadership on the pitch has always been the problem, but leadership off the pitch is, is vacant right now. And and to circle back on Jaka before we go over to Gary and, and uh, who's waiting patiently, um, whether or not you think it was a red card, and I think by the book it's a red card, it's never called that way when it's anyone other than us doing it, though. But like Or Jaka. Or Jacques, yeah. I mean, the, mm -hmm. Martin Atkinson actually took the yellow card out of his hand, was holding it, walking over. When he saw it was Jacques, he put it back and got the red card. I mean, like, there was no re other reason for him to have the yellow unless someone was talking into his ears, um, you know, to, to have the yellow and then change it to a red on a straight red. Uh, whatever you think of the foul, and we can talk about that. This is open mic. Um, getting a pat on the ass on the way out, and a, essentially a show of support from your coach, that might be the moment for me. The, the moment for me with, 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 with Arsene Wenger was when it was, I think, too late, was just the team just not showing up against Swansea four days after shitting the bed against Manchester United and giving uh, Rashford his, his, his brace on his debut, which was all within a, mo a month of that incredible Valentine's Day victory over over uh over Leicester City where we all thought we were going to win the league in 2000 and whatever um the tipping point for me on Arteta and it's again it's taken a long time I think is patting Granit Jacques on the ass after another red card I, I think that one man patting another man on the ass at any point should be your tipping point but... uh, look normally that's uh that's a very exciting thing for me but uh <laughs> but... but I, I I'm sorry it, the message that that sends and and look I read into things, so I'm reading into a man's hand touching another man's uh, ass, and not from a from a touching standpoint, but from the symbolism of what that means is, you know what? You gave it your best. You you screwed our chances again. Although we weren't going to win if you didn't do that, but you basically condemned us to a loss. I, I'm almost upset that we proceeded in the uh, in the League Cup now because had we not move forward in the League Cup, then the third game of his suspension would have been the, the North London Derby. Um, but, like, to me, that that just says there's no one and, – and and I'm stealing this emotion and this point of view from the studio crew of NBC Sports. This isn't, you know, this isn't novel. This isn't me coming up with my own idea. But it's me agreeing vehemently that that just shows a complete lack of discipline, leadership, consequence, or anything within the Arsenal squad. Yeah, uh, I, I take that. I completely take your point there. I think it's nice to want to lift your players up and be supportive of them in some situations, and Arteta certainly has that. But it can't be that 100% of the time. There has to be an expectation of understanding the game, understanding you can't make less tackles like that. And especially from a, one of the players who's in our leadership group, it's just completely unacceptable. 
if Arteta was going to have any contact with him coming off the pitch, he should have been grabbing by grabbing him by the shirt and screaming in his face. Set a precedent of some kind that there's expectations you have to meet. And whether the manager likes you or not, or whether you like them, they have to be willing to get in somebody's face and let them know when they're not performing at the required level. And that's where I think Arteta is deficient as a manager. It's not in his ability, not in his people skills in general or anything like that. Just being able to get in guys' faces and say, look, this is not acceptable. You do things like that. You're not playing and set a standard of some kind. And I think also on just an effort level, there's a number of guys out there today who look like they were coasting for large parts of the game. That should be the baseline should be maximum effort all the time. That should be the very baseline of getting on the pitch, let alone performing well. And I just don't even think we do that in a lot of cases. And that's the piece for me that's frustrating because whether we're successful or not, or we're getting wins, I don't think there's anybody that could say that the players on the pitch right now aren't performing to their maximum. I, I think that should be universally accepted just because we've seen them play better than this before. And if they're not performing to that level or willing to, it is a fault of them, but it's also a, a fault of the manager that should be addressed. Yeah, and Arteta clearly wants to wants to be in the in the Wenger style of being this intellectual, quiet leader who speaks behind the scenes and then just watches his concerto happen on, on the pitch. Um, but Wenger, you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't tuned in. I, I was in my, my moratorium from Arsenal when, when Wenger took over uh, having, you know, in, in college, having little babies and stuff. And, and, um, and his, I don't know if he was ever any different, if he was more fiery on the side. I know he used to smoke on the sidelines, but not with Arsenal. But, like, I don't know if he was more fiery, more in their faces and stuff, and then just gradually went to that. But, I mean, Arteta doesn't have the right, the experience, or the the team to, you know, to conduct a orchestra out there. So sometimes you got to grab someone by the scruff of their neck and say, you have just fucked us. And, mm-hmm. and Granite Xhaka, you know, whether or not you think that was a, a fair call or not, it was a dumb challenge. It was a risk. It paid off in the sense that he won the ball. He barely, if at all, made any contact. They called the red based on the, the, the you know, the sloppiness and the, 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 the danger in the challenge, which, again, you would, I mean, we, you know, we don't get red cards when someone elbows us in the face. We don't get red cards when someone stamps on the back of our leg. We don't get foul calls when someone puts their hand on, on, on their face and then they score a goal and the other way around it goes. I mean, the, we could bitch until the cows come home. That wouldn't have changed the result, but it should change the the reaction from the coach. And and I cannot forgive, just as I cannot forgive someone strolling off the pitch after a red card dur- or after a substitution when you're, when you're you know losing by a goal and you need to hurry up and get a, get a goal, uh, which is Xhaka against Palace. I cannot forgive a coach just rubber stamping publicly the actions of, of, of a fool who continues to make the same mistake and get into the same problem and gave himself the reputation that the referees have given him. Um, you know, let's not be, let's not be daft. The reason that Jaka has that reputation and that Atkinson went and, and dropped the yellow in because in, in favor of the red is because of Granite Jaka's history and his actions. And it shouldn't be treated that way, but it's his fault. I, I know, and that's probably why we were trying our hardest to get rid of him and get replacements in. And I don't know what happened to that. I, I don't understand what goes on in the background. It just seems like Arsenal can never get the job done. But listen, 
guys. What happened to that is we is we instead of giving Roma the extra four million, we gave it to Jaka. Yeah, and and I don't understand that. I don't, I don't know who's in charge of that, who does that. I, I I don't understand it. It seems to be some sort of issue that we've had for a long time. Because if you look at it, we we have the eighth highest wage bill in the world, and our team does don't look like eighth. Um, eighth in anything right now, you know what I mean. But I do want to kind of push we're back. Eighth, a we're we're almost eighth in the bottom half of the table. Table. Yeah, I, we're, I do we're close to just just a little, just a little, just because I do know that we're all upset, and it makes us want to, and it makes us want to lash out at things. I think if Mikel Arteta grabbed Jaka by the shirt, everybody on every paper in the morning, it'd be like uh, Mikel Arteta completely loses dressing room. See how he goes at his players. This You're is why lose they have no lose it that way, though. Yeah, like this is why they have no confidence. Like it, there's no winning in the situation because there's no winning on the pitch. And that's what comes first. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I think that ultimately, like, I, I don't know. I I, I I don't know. I don't know what to say. We we just we we have garbage players. We have garbage luck. I think the difference is what you're noticing is our first team isn't that great. So their backups are just god awful. Like god awful. Like Kalajanak shouldn't be anywhere near the pitch. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I I I don't understand that one at all. Um, and and let's get into that with Gary um, yeah. because because that that's just a bizarre. I I actually wore my Kalasinek jersey during today because because I'm like I'm trying to just throw all the bad juju that I can at this and and somehow if this is the formula that causes us to win, but I think that is going to be the last time I ever wear, look at, touch that that shirt that I bought on Michigan Avenue after the, the charity shield when I thought he was going to be the greatest steal of all time. Um, so, uh, Aston, always good to see buy you. a Ronaldo United, uh, United uh, jersey with Ronaldo on it just to give them some juju. I'm going to – I'm gonna, yeah, I mean, that, that is true. I, I, I should apologize to Sutton United, who finally got promoted into uh, the football league for the first time ever. And then I bought a shirt. And they're probably going to be in Ithmian South <laughs> Division Four uh, by you know by by Christmas. So, Captain, love you, man. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, and, uh, let's just hope this gets better, and we have something more uh, more encouraging to talk about in a couple of weeks when we get off the bottom against Norwich. Maybe. All right, buddy. Take care. <laughs> Bye. Gary, 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 Gary. Now, people are asking whether that behind you, Jared, is a green screen. Um, I'm seeing <laughs> I'm seeing reflections of of like cars driving by and stuff in that picture to the to the left of you, to the right of us. So I, that's not a green screen, right? Not a green screen. I've got the Brighton Everton game on on that side, so it's just TV moving oh, okay. across a little bit. And and that's not a green screen behind you either, too, right, Gary? I, I wish I was at the stadium. You do <laughs> well. A, you'd be alone day. there, as as you would be if you go against uh, for our next home game. Probably uh, this was in. This is actually in. Uh, this is when they played the New York Bulls for, for a preseason match. So, oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, and, oh, oh, I might be able to see myself. Yeah, in there. and it's Henri and Henri actually. <laughs> oh, that was the other side. And Henri had played, and uh, so that was a good day. That was a good day, but you know what else happened that day? We lost. <laughs> we lost and it wasn't the only time we've ever lost to the new york red bull i think we lost to them at the emirate uh cup as well uh or drew them or something we, like they won the cup i don't remember how we did against them i know we didn't beat them but 
But so, Gary, um, I wasted a lot of tweets today. Um, <laughs> and had I gone to the pub, I would have wasted a trip there. But, but uh, I mean, we got I got a couple things we could talk about. But what's on your mind, first and foremost? Well, I guess one is my dad asked me if the red card was uh, the reason for their result. <laughs> I wanted to lie. <laughs> I wanted to lie so much. I said, yes, you know what? One of the players was running down the field. A bird ran into the man city man's face. He went down. The referee saw it. Threw a red. Boom. Game over. That, we uh, that we, we actually have picture. We have pictures of the bird that ran into his face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I told him the truth. I said even if we had fourteen players on the field, I think it would have been five nil because then city would have actually played football for ninety minutes. Today, like usual, we go up. They sit back and just let us, you know, mess up basically and give them openings and uh, take advantage of it. They didn't really have to work too hard, not too hard at all. So I, it's no, it's it was a training match for them. Yeah, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. and that and that's the thing. Like like, City will beat a team four nil or five nil, but rarely will it look as easy and as effortless as it did today. And, 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 you know, and I'm not talking about when, you know, in the league cup or in the group stages of the champions league where, you know, where they're playing Sturm Gross or whatever the, you know, hell they're playing, but like that, it shouldn't be that easy. Um, now this has already been spoiled a little bit because, because I talked about it in a group and then drew went out and tweeted it. But uh, although he did give me credit, uh, but in case you haven't seen it, Gary, do you know which player in Arsenal had by far the most possession today? Well, I know that their goalkeeper had more than us, more than our, our players. So I knew that much. But I, Burn Leno, Bird Leno had the, had by <laughs> far the most both possession. Goalkeepers had more, had more possession than Arsenal. Well, well, Ederson had had the ball at his feet for four percent of the game. Bird Leno had it for three percent of the game. But no Arsenal player had any had possession more than two point six percent of the game. And if you total every single player on the Arsenal team at eighteen percent possession. Um, just okay. Gunuan and Rodri together, just the two of them, had four minutes more possession than the entire Arsenal team. Eighty-one to eighty-two to eighteen, or eighty-one point two to eighteen point eight for the whole game. Our previous worst possession for a game was thirty-one percent. Yeah, this is uh, this was a bad day. I mean, I, I. <laughs> You were talking about quotes, and uh, you were listening to the commentary. There were two quotes that they made, that, which I thought were funny because I needed to laugh. First one was talking about Arsenal missing all these players, you know, the, out of the starting lineup. You know, the Gabriels, the Partes, you know, uh, White. And Bellerin got in that list as well. <laughs> I saw that. Bellerin was in the list of players that we were missing today that would have oh. probably helped. And I, 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 don't, I, don't even notice I don't believe I don't believe he's allowed to play with Grealish on the field anymore. I think that's actually there's actually a rule. <laughs> no more, please. We nobody wants to see that again. Yeah. Did you guys see to go along with all of Mike's stats on how poor the game was? Did you see the shot total from today's game? Man City 25, to 25 to one. And the one was in the first five minutes of the game. I and think. it was not on target. One shot attempted, <laughs> zero on target. We were just sad today. Also, you know what? Arsenal, you know what? Newsflash: Arsenal can't win the league. That's exactly what the commentator said today. Yeah, yeah, it's over. I mean, the, you know, I think it's yeah, it's mathematically 
Impossible we're officially course. eliminated. Um, two two more losses, and we're out of the Champions League spots for for sure. And I mean, if we win every game after that, we we, we can't get there. Um, let's talk about Pepe because, like, I mean, on top of everything else this season, Pepe, who I don't know if he trained yesterday or did the walkthrough, whatever they they want to call it. Uh, I've never seen so many world class athletes at the peak of their position, you know, conditioning in their early twenties fall ill on the day of a game more than at Arsenal. I mean, like, like I've been in the dressing room before and I don't remember seeing like mold and asbestos just like creeping around and stuff, but there's gotta be something or, or they're serving laxatives for the dinner the night before or something like that. I mean, everything's fine. I mean, players who are not in the injury report on Thursday and Friday just routinely just show up ill, not COVID apparently, but ill. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that, People get sick. I, I understand that, but like, I don't get sick that often, and I'm in awful shape. Like, how do these guys get illnesses that are? I mean, unless they're hangovers, um, and they're just calling them illnesses. I mean, remember how often Ozil used to get sick suddenly? Yeah, and we know that that was bullshit. It's been confirmed that that was bullshit. Uh, so I, I what's think, going on? What, what happened with Pepe? Today? I think the condition is that we've seen this before, right? A player actually <laughs> plays well. Pepe might be pregnant. And then as soon as you know what? Can mm. you get pregnant from get from your team getting fucked in the ass every single week? Because if you can, then I think Pepe's pregnant. And I hope my kids that my hope my wife and son didn't hear that outside of my office door, but I can't help it anymore. No, I we've seen this before, like I said. a player plays well, and then the next thing they you know they're out this time. It's an illness. I I hope he's. I hope he. You know he recovers well. If he if he is sick, um, but yeah, this. Yeah, I mean, let, 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 yeah, good. Thank you for that disclaimer. Like yeah. because if he is, and, and I'm not, I'm not even make, I'm not even giving him a hard time about it, as I used to against Ozil because it, it was so clear that he that there was no back injury. There was, I mean, maybe a little bit, but like that 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 it was bullshit. And and the team always do this with injury. We know that they do this where they call. An absence, something different to try to quell the speculation about it. So if he's sick, then he's sick. But like, he didn't seem sick. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, I the, as much as Pepe's absence probably could have, would have, maybe helped. Maybe I think the players I, behind I mean, the players behind that back four really were. The game was lost. Yeah, Pepe, Pepe in instead of uh, in, instead of Chambers probably would have helped. Or Kalasinac. So sorry. So let's talk about Kalasinac, Jared. Um, given that you're from the city where I fell in love with Kalasinac, and I'm saying this because Christian in the chat is 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 yeah. desperately trying to make me stop associating uh, my trip to Chicago five years ago with uh, with with Kalasinac, but I'm going to keep doing it. Um, we clearly don't want him anymore we don't we we have players who are capable of playing in front of him now i don't know how tavage plays in the on the left side of a three as opposed to as a left back in a four but i mean how does Klasinek make the pitch twice in a row when we are actively trying to cancel i mean is it is it we need to show uh Fenerbahce that he can actually play or i mean it, it, what it's is puzzling. the point of that it is puzzling. I mean, I don't think rolling him out there to defend against Man City is going to do anything for his market value. <laughs> I mean, that would be my first thought is you're just sending the lamb out to slaughter. 
But yeah, when when you're working this hard to get rid of him, I don't understand playing him. Even during the week, I was like, okay, it's you know they're playing a basically a under twenty three team from West Brom, whatever. Get him some minutes. That's fine. I don't understand. He was still shit in that game. People think that it gave him like a six or a seven. I gave him a three for that game. He was awful. He didn't really do much. But in the prem, I didn't understand his involvement at all. I mean, if you were going to play a back three, I think Tierney fills in the left side of that back three very well. He does it for Scotland. He's he's great in that spot. And and I agree. I would have put Tavares out there in the left wing back spot and told Glazenak to, to sit on the bench. I think even if Tavares right now isn't, he, he shows flashes. You can tell he's got talent, but he's really, really raw. It wouldn't have made any difference in to get today's game, obviously. But if the choice is to get him more experience against tough competition and develop a little bit versus play class and act 90 minutes when he's on his way out the door, you know, I'd certainly go with the former. So it, it was puzzling to see him out there. Didn't really have any impact on the game in any real way, but I, I just don't like the choice in general because I think I'd much rather see Tavares get some time than, than Kalazanak out there. I mean, the worst part about it is the three players that had to sit and watch that, right? <laughs> Tavares, Mari, and, and Maitland-Niles mm-hmm. would have, could have actually played in this match, and would, it would have made more sense. Well, but they didn't even play. They don't even start. So, I mean, how in the world? You're talking about, you know, we always talk about the mentality of a football player. Kalasanak wants out. He's actually saying, buy me out so I can just go, and I get two matches. Maitland-Niles... Mm-hmm. I haven't heard anything from him. Maybe, you know, maybe they're well, keeping well, it quiet and, 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 and he, he can't get, get a sub- game. He did get subbed in today in the 70th minute when it was 4-0. And 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 the, the first thought I had was, does there, I mean, does anything else from a man management standpoint say you are a complete afterthought and a joke than bringing a guy on in the 70th minute when you're down 4-0 in a game that is, is so clearly lost that that's where he is in the pecking order? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's a good Ball point. It bothers me too that look how well he played in the left wing back role last year. That that's what made people like Wolves want to come in and get him. If you're going to play a back three with Tierney as the left sided center half, why not put Maitland Niles back in that spot? He's proven he can play well there and has done so against Man City specifically. I, I don't understand the inclusion of Kalazanak over him in that regard either. If you're willing to put him out there for the last twelve minutes, just put him out there from the start because he can actually have maybe a little bit of an impact. We're not going to win the game with them, but it may not look quite as embarrassing as it ended up being. Yeah, we're going to bring Taylor in because I, I have a hard stop in about four minutes, so I want to make sure to bring Taylor in. Uh, Gary, uh, love to you as always, man. Um, for me on. Tell us, uh, tell us where we can find you because you're hosting a show, and yeah. uh, and and I had I had a lot of laughs during the first episode. It was good. <laughs> Yeah, so I am uh, I'm the host of uh, the show, the Extra Extra Time podcast on the Red Cannon. So it's Monday, seven thirty Eastern, twelve thirty AM for those uh, across the pond. Late night for you. Uh, otherwise, I'm on America, uh, Arsenal Fan Circle Sundays and Thursdays, and then I I'm, then you'll see me all around. Every once in a while, I pop up on this channel when I get a, when I can get a call in or not. But yeah, you'll see Absolutely. me all the way, all over. Well, but thank you for having me. Thanks, Jared. Thank you, Mike. Always good stuff. Uh, thank you, Gary. Appreciate Thanks, it. Gary. Yeah. Okay, thank you. All right, Taylor, you ready to come on? Uh, Taylor, now, Yo, guys. Taylor, Taylor, uh, I don't know when you woke up, but the game started at 4.30 a.m. for you. Um, I'm figuring maybe you woke up at 3.30. Do you go down to the pub? Yeah, I woke up at 3.30. I was at the pub at 4.00. 
10. Doors were at 4.15. Had to hang up the flags. Left at 5.10. <laughs> no, I, I was there. I was actually there for the start of the Everton game. I was talking to some of the Everton guys there. And, uh, you know, it was weird because I, I feel like they sort of gave me their condolences. Yeah. Uh, well, we got that. We yeah. got that in... Um... We got that in Orlando what, because because the place was crawling with Everton fans because it was you know because they actually showed up to the Florida Cup um, and they were like yeah you know things are things are tough for you right now uh, by the way do you mind taking a Wobie back so <laughs> Everton fans are cool they're cool in my book but but yeah I mean you're getting the the shame treatment the pity treatment from them and that that can't make you feel good you know they're they're nice guys uh, there's this one Crystal Palace fan who's been coming to the pub for years. And as I was leaving this morning, he, he was like, yo, Taylor, like, how's it going? And I was like, oh, I mean, as good as it could be, right? And you he goes, think it's good. Welcome to my world. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God, what is happening? Yeah. I, the last four or five years, uh, my son started playing. I've talked about him before. Uh, my son started playing uh, on, a, on a team with a guy whose dad grew up. He was an England cricketer uh, back in his day, and he's a strong West Ham fan. And you know, we've gone back and forth and it's usually like, well, you know, as we've been descending, it's like, now, you know how I feel now they're in Europe. They're second on the table. I, I, I blocked his number on my cell phone. <laughs> like, I don't want to hear it anymore. It, it is awful. What's, what's been going on. Um, Taylor, I, I apologize. I really have a hard stop in a couple minutes. So, and so one topic that you want to want to cover and, and, and get off your chest. You know, I, I, I more than anything, I think, wanted to say, like, as somebody who is a branch manager for one of the Arsenal America groups, it's just, it's been tough, you know, like, it's been sad. I, I think some people that are new to the club, some people that are definitely, you know, older followers that are just sort of speechless right now. And, and I think, you know, we... And that's and that's because meta. and that's because the only new fans coming to Arsenal are clearly like sadomasochists with the ball gag in their mouth, which is why they're speechless. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say, do we have new fans? How would we get new fans right now? That seems mind blowing. So I was gonna say, you know, shame on you for anybody that goes with uh, alphabetized following. You know, like if you go on FIFA, Arsenal's first. It's like, like, don't do that anymore. Don't be lazy. Uh, but yeah, you know, just I think a lot of us wanted Arteta to succeed and unfortunately I just you know I don't I don't think it's gonna happen uh it's tough I'm sort of resigning myself I to that too to and happy. I'm as I'm as optimistic of an Arsenal fan as you'll find and I've been very much you know give Arteta a chance yeah. give him time but I'm sort of getting to where you are where I'm just resigning myself to the fact that it looks like it's just not gonna happen for him <laughs> yeah I I, I, I honestly I, I think I think I think uh, like I said, and and this is how we're going to go out. And Taylor, again, thank you for joining us. Uh, big ups to Arsenal LA. You guys rock. Yes. Get up, get up early every single weekend, um, and uh, and you show up at what like eleven a.m. for midweek games, as rare as those are these days. Uh, thanks to everybody in the chat. Loki, Stan, yeah. good to see you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny, uh, who wish would have shown your face and your and your naked shoulders as we've seen you before <laughs> stefan uh raul uh vivek everybody uh you know don't let this ruin your weekend try not to let this ruin your weekend um if you want to 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 
take out your anger, take it out with charity, go to GoonersVersusCancer.com. There's some amazing stuff to be won uh, in the Gooner raffle, GoonersVCancer.com. We're going to finish off the podcast with, uh, with, with a, a bit of a video that I've played before uh, of some people you might know trying to help you uh, learn how to donate to, uh, to a really, really good cause. And I'm going to start off with the words I started out on, which is Mikel Arteta. Thank you for that one thing you did early on, but it's time to go. Hey, Gooners. This is Alan Smith. This is Kevin Campbell. Lee Dixon. It's Colin Lewin. It's Gary Lewin. Charles Watts. Dan Potts. James Benj. Stanley. Tom from the Gooner Talk here. Ryan Ocastle. Simon Collins. You may know me from the Evening Standard. You may know me from my time at Arsenal. You may know me from Arsenal or even the Hybrid Squad. I'm a bird cat Wonderland. Being that physio set on the bench next to Arsenal with my rubber gloves on. The former Arsenal physio. The Emirates press box from writing, from Twitter. From goal.com, from Twitter, from YouTube. Football is the beautiful game and it brings us all together. Sometimes there are things even more important than wins and losses. And yes, even transfers. Every 30 seconds someone in this world gets diagnosed with blood cancer. The Leukaemia and Lymphoma Society works towards curing blood cancers. And provides support to families currently dealing with these diseases. Gunas vs Cancer was started in 2017. By a lifelong Guna who lost his father to leukemia way too young. Over the last five years, Gunas v. Cancer has raised over $50,000 for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. And we need your help to match that in 2021. Every donation helps. Every donation helps. Every donation helps. Every donation helps. No matter the size. And every donation enters you into the Guna raffle. We have a great chance to win amazing Arsenal prizes, including game tickets, Stadium tours, signed men and women's shirts. And maybe a retro signed shirt by yours truly, Lee Dixon. Me, yours truly. Yours truly, Super Kick So much more. It's easy to take part. Just go to www.gunasvcancer.com and donate directly to the charity. Pick the raffle prizes you want to enter to win and wait for the drawings at the end of the campaign. Again, that's www.gunasvcancer.com. Dot com. We all know that victory grows out of harmony. Victory grows out of harmony. Victory grows out of harmony. With your help, we'll be victorious against blood cancer once and for all. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your support. Thanks for your support.